Amen, amen. I want to just, I want to minister uh, from, this, from this subject, from this viewpoint, if you will. Uh, looking for my breakthrough. Looking for my breakthrough. Now, I want to just, just start off by saying all of us should be looking for it. We should be looking for it. And many of us have received different breakthroughs along the way. But how many know that one is not good enough? Because there are different trials and, and things that we face that we need, we need a deeper understanding of, of what it is. And so I want us to look into the word of the Lord here with that understanding that I'm going to be looking for my breakthrough. We're looking for my breakthrough. In this season, Lord, we need you. We need you to help us see it, to give us the eyes to see what it is that you want to do, what it is that you want to accomplish in us. Chapter 24 and verse 1, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed. Thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. If you will, let me build a little bit of a foundation of what I want to, to bring today. What the Lord wants to bring today. This was, this was the moment that they had prepared for. That the Lord had prepared for. That he had prepared them for. When we read the text, they, he prepared they, he prepared them. In that day, he was preparing them. The culmination of his words was taking place, was transpiring. Jesus spoke with intention. And when he chose the 12 and even those who would join along the way, he poured into them. I want us to get, get a, a, an image here, if we can, that Jesus selected people that he wanted to pour into. I want you to visualize that because he chose you. He chose you today. You're here today because he, he hand select you and he called you. He, 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 he drew you to a place where you came and you surrendered your life. And now what he wants to do is pour into you. He wants to pour into you. And he has been pouring into you. There's evidence in this room, testimonies in this room of the faithfulness of God and how he's poured into your life and got you to this point in your life. It didn't take very long to see the cracks and the holes in the characters, uh, in, their, in their character as Jesus began to pour into them. And just like us today, it doesn't take long to see the flaws 
in our life, in our character, when he begins to deal with us, when he begins that pour, when he begins to invest in our life, he invests in us and we see the inadequacies of ourself. But that never stopped him from pouring. It never stopped the Lord from pouring when he looked into our condition. And he's seen how broken that we were. In fact, that's what he was doing. He was calling us to him so he can fix. I'm going to pour. I'm going to pour into them. He, he didn't pour into them so, so he could see the cracks and the holes. He knew. He knew there were holes and cracks in our character. He did it so they could see. And he did it so we can see. He poured into us to see that in all of our flaws and failures, the potter is willing to put his hand on the vessels. He did it for us to see that in spite of our brokenness, he's still willing to pour it out. He's still willing to pour it out into you. He's still going to do it today. He's going to visit us today. His hand is still on our vessels today. The miracles of healing and deliverance were intertwined with words of instruction. Every time the Lord moved and touched lives, there was instruction and there was instruction intertwined in it. It wasn't just to move about healing and delivering, there were instructions. Along the way. Because he moves with intention. He forgave. He healed and then he said go and sin no more. He stilled storms and then rebuked doubt. He didn't just calm the storms. He addressed how fearful man was in the midst of the storm. He corrected. He rebuked the doubt. Because that's what Jesus does. Because he understands the roadblocks in our life. He knows what will stand in the way of our life. And he will pour into us and address the areas that leak. He gave the 12 and the 70 power and authority to heal and cast out devils. He taught about prayer and the importance of persistent prayer. While they followed Jesus, their lives began to change. The potter was beginning to do a work in their lives. Those that were broken were now being put back together to become useful vessels. Are you thankful today that the potter is still right here, right now working? He still sees us where we are and he has not given up on us. We're here today one more time. We have returned and we've got the grace and the mercy for this moment so the potter can get us back on the wheel and fashion us and fix us today. Oh, I'm so thankful for him. 
They began to see truth and there was revelation. And with revelation, transformation follows. Their lives were not transformed immediately. And many, many come to the church and expect that the, the minute that, they're, that they leave the building, the minute that they leave the service, that their life is just going to somehow make sense. And that their life is going to somehow look a certain way. I don't know about your experience personally, but if that was you, what a disappointment it is to go out and to find that their problems were standing in the parking lot with their arms crossed, tapping their foot. Why'd you leave me out here? How real those problems are in our lives. Oh, but the sweet presence of the Lord when he shows up and he touches us like he's going to do today. Like he's going to help us today. And when we leave and see those problems, they're not going to look the way uh, we left them in the parking lot. There's going to be a peace <laughs> We're going to be able to look at those problems and say, you know what, you can, you can pout all you want to. I'm not going anywhere because I've met the master. Oh, and he showed me that he's willing to invest in my life. He's willing to pour into my life. He's willing to reveal himself to me because he wants to show me more. He wants to show you more. He wants to give you more understanding than what you have right now. There's always more for us to understand. How many believe that? You truly believe there's always more for, for us to understand. I believe that we can find ourselves without further revelation because we stop looking for it. I think some people have their mind made up that all they need to do is, is be born again of water and spirit. And, and, and to come to church and to, and to be a part of an assembly. But can I tell you today that that is not looking for revelation. That's not looking for it. If you're just going through motions. And I don't believe anyone in here just goes through the motions just to be going through the motions. But there is, a, there is a cycle, there is a rut that we can fall into and we can do it from time to time. How many of you have left this place or left the church service and forgot what it was that the Lord spoke to you? Because we's in a rut. And we weren't ready to receive that word. Like, Lord, if you just bring it back to my memory, let me hear it once again. And, and it's gone for the moment. I, I, oh, God is so, is so wonderful. And he'll give us some time to sulk, right? And then he'll say, okay, I'm going to give them another shot. I'm going to release it again. I'm going to give them another word and see what they do with it. Oh, Lord, I dropped it again. Sometimes we think our revelation is deeper than what it really is. Well, 
I know nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Let me help you finish that statement. <laughs> the deeper that I get in the Word of God, the more I realize I don't know. I can tell you today you can search the scriptures and you can dig and there's things that you will see that you've never seen before. That doesn't mean it's a new revelation. It's a new revelation to me. It's a new revelation to you because that's what God wants to do. He wants to bring revelation to us. The Lord wants to open up our understanding. Oh, and I've heard young people say, I just don't get it. I can't get into the, to the Bible. Well, you're never going to get revelation until you get into the book, until you open up your mind and say, God, I need you to open up my understanding. Show me what this means because I can't make sense of it. I'm going to get the shovel out and I'm going to dig out the principles and I, but I need you to bring revelation to me because I want it to stay. I want it to stick. When God reveals something to you, guess what? The enemy can't take it from you. We are one God tongue talking apostolic people because the Lord revealed to us what it meant to be born of water and spirit and the enemy cannot take it. Oh, but he tries. He tries to convince us. Oh, whether we're in a cult or not, or, 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 or we're wrong by, by what our understanding. No, the Lord showed up when I needed him, and he revealed himself to me, and no man can change what I know about him. So I got to be careful. We, we can look at Peter. Peter's confession was not as deep as his revelation was. Anyone ever thought about that? What Peter confessed had not uh, completely been revealed to him. Because in the midst that he had uh, revelation, well, it was just a few scriptures later, guess what? He started talking like he forgot what it was. The disciples, they had some revelation, but there was more. There are people in our world today, they have some revelation. There are people today that are not in apostolic churches that have some revelation. They're, they're in churches all across our nation, across our world, that have some form of a revelation. They may, they may not have the complete revelation, oh, but they have enough to make them want to come back into the Word and say, what else do you want to show me? How many stories have ended with, you know what, I was in the church one day, a church that weren't, they, were, they weren't speaking the Acts 2.38 message, but the Lord began to deal with me. He came to me and revealed to me what I needed to see in the moment that would bring transformation in my life. And that's why I'm here today, uh, because I've seen it, and now I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. How many stories ended uh, was somebody going down in the water in the name of Jesus because the Lord met them at a place of hunger, at a place that they were open for revelation. They experienced a breakthrough. Come on, there are people all over this world, all over. There are people in churches all across North America and all across our world that are about ready to get a breakthrough in their life. 
They're just moments away from a breakthrough. They're moments away from revelation. They're moments away away from seeing the purpose that God had called them to. I feel it stirring in the spirit. I feel it moving across the land. I know it's moving at high point. The Lord is stirring some things. And there is about to be revelation and breakthrough that's going to rest on this assembly. And people are going to be changed. Jesus spoke of his death, but it was never the end. Some people want to leave him on the cross. Hang a crucifix in the house of him on the cross. He's not there. Come on, we're getting back to our story here. Here we have the scene from our scriptures. They came to mourn when they should have been rejoicing. Think about that. In their mind and their spirits, he was still on the cross. Take, took his last breath and, and, and carried into a tomb where they expected that he would still be there. That's why they brought spices. That's why they brought spices. How quickly they forgot such words of authority. John chapter 2 and verse 19. Words that they should have never forgot. Because these words shook the land and shook all those around them. The declaration made by Jesus. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Jesus wasn't speaking from his humanity because there's no, res- there's no resurrection power in humanity. So what was Jesus declaring when he said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up? He was, he was staring into the faces of those that he created saying I'm your redeemer I am the Lord thy God staring staring at them through the eyes of flesh and bone the Lord put himself in a place to be humiliated beaten bloodied die for us but not stay in the tomb where they thought he was going to be
because they had a hard time. And I think sometimes we have a hard time understanding this, that Jesus, there were times that Jesus spoke as a man, and then there were times that he spoke as God. Second Corinthians 5.19 is one of, it's one of my favorite scriptures. And I don't know how anybody cannot see the truth uh, of this revelation here, but it, then, then again, it's exactly what it is. It's revelation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Man, he was in Christ. The fullness of the Godhead was in the man Christ Jesus. He was reconciling. He was reconciling mankind with flesh and bone and blood. They came to the tomb to mourn and, and to place the spices on his body. And John records that Mary stood outside and wept. I can, I can picture them walking up to the tomb and, 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 and seeing, seeing the stone rolled away and, and looking in to not see the body of Jesus. And oh, I can see her in, in, in dismay. Oh, like, oh, I don't know what they did with Jesus. What did they do with Jesus? The angels asked her a question. Why are you weeping? They, they have taken the Lord and I, I know not where they laid him. We don't, we don't know what had happened somehow. Somehow, somehow they forgot what Jesus prepared them for. The stone that was rolled away should have been a breakthrough moment. It should have been a moment in their life when they seen that stone that they didn't think that somebody had taken the body of Jesus. But in that moment, they should have begun to rejoice and shout and dance. And we were prepared for this moment and we know that our Savior lives now. But that's not what had happened. Can I tell you today, the stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out. He didn't need a door. He was the door. He is the door. That stone was rolled away so they could see it from afar off and, and, and come a different way. Come rejoicing. Our Savior lives. Oh, I remember his words. But they had to be reminded of his words. Because something happens when tragedy strikes. They couldn't see the evidence that pointed to, I'm alive. Their world pointed to, he is dead. 
And as they, verse 5, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Who you are looking for is not dead. He's not here, but is risen. And then something happened. <sighs> Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee? He has risen just like he said he would. Because that's one thing that we can take uh, as truth. Is if the Lord said it, we've got to believe it. If he said it, it's going to work out uh, all the way that he intended it to work out. Because that is who our God is. The song I've been listening to here the last few days is he's a man of his word. That's right. If he said it, we believe it. Come on, if he spoke it, I've got to believe it. Oh, but we don't always believe it, do we? We're still waiting for that moment, right? We're still waiting for our breakthrough. The breakthrough, the moment that we see that what he said is true. The angels reminded them about what Jesus had told them. It didn't really make sense to them. When they first heard it, and that's how it is today, we don't always get it. The first time the Lord speaks to us something that we need to hear, we don't always receive it just like we cover. But guess what? We're here today, and there is another time for him to deliver it. There's another time for him to pour. There's another opportunity for him to open up. I want him to open up my understanding today. I want him to bring revelation today because I need to know more than what I know now. Don't let us get so comfortable in our finite understanding of who God is right now. Help Lord, help us to get out of the way and lead us to that place where you open up our understanding and bring revelation that pushes us into our breakthrough. But you got to keep looking. You got to keep looking for it. Like a kind of like a crazy person. Kind of like a madman. Or you got five Bibles open. And you're going back between them. You're trying to, you're trying to read. You're trying to figure out. You're kind of mad. You know, and, and Paul even talked about, ah, uh, uh, <laughs> sometimes the studying will cause you to go mad. 
Sometimes the process, you gotta, you gotta stand up and walk, walk away from the table and think, oh, I don't understand God. What, what's, what's blocking my mind? What's keeping me from seeing it? Come on, we really got to wrestle with the word of God. We got to really spend some time trying to figure out what does sayeth the word of God so we can be changed, so we can experience our breakthrough. If you keep looking for him, regardless of what you expect to find, that word you didn't understand will eventually be revealed to you. We've got to, we've got to remove, we have to remove some things in our mind that keep us from, from, uh, uh, from coming to our own understanding. Oh, Lord, open up my understanding and let me see it. Let me see the revelation of your word. Let me experience it for myself, God. Verse 7, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. The angels reminded them of the scriptures that must be fulfilled. These are the things that Jesus spoke about. Oh, I don't, I don't understand it. Oh, there he goes again talking about something I have. I don't understand. Just bring me to the feeding of the 5,000. Just bring me to the miracles and, the, and, and bring me to upsetting the government. Bring me to those moments. God, don't talk about. That's nonsense talking about your crucifixion. Talking about you dying. No. And Jesus rebuked Peter for that. Because it's not what I want. It's not what I want to see happen. It's not what I'm expecting to happen. I can't, I can't come through the, the doors of the assembly and have a preconceived idea of what I, I should see today. Because I want to be able to leave here and not be able to explain it, what happened. When we come here, we ought to be able to leave this place and say, I don't know what happened, but I know who happened. I know, I know who showed up and, and, and did what he desired to do. And that is the reason I am the way I am right now. I can't explain to you. I can't give you a solid answer, but I can point you to the answer. I can point you to the truth. And they remembered his words. They received revelation about what they had heard. It was at this point the angels, they, they fed them, they gave it to them. And oh, their understanding was opened up at that point. I, I can see it now. I remember what he said. And they returned uh, uh, from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and, and to all the rest. They were quickened by his words and there was hope and excitement and they returned to testify only to be greeted by those who weren't there yet. Only to be greeted by somebody that's getting ready to pop your bubble. (laughs) 
Oh, when God does something in your life, you can't expect uh, somebody that's not there yet to rejoice with you. You can't expect them to be excited about your revelation. And that's what, what, that's what happened. Oh, they came back and they began to tell them, but they were like, Really? I mean, consider what they said. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles. The apostles, they were, they were still down. They were still discouraged. Maybe all they could focus on is what they lost, not seeing the gain. The words, they seem to be nonsense to them. Verse 11, and their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. We're not with you on this. Oh, but he's risen. It's nonsense. We don't believe. That's why, that's why our, our moment, our breakthrough, our revelation is so important. Because if all we had in our life were people who said, I don't believe it. I seen him for myself. Oh, I seen him open blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears. I seen the dead come to life. We don't believe it. Come on, you don't know Jesus like I do. You don't know him. You don't know the resurrection power like I do. I've seen it for myself and you can't change that. I'm thankful today that there is a, a hunger inside of me that almost drives me mad, digging and searching, all because I want to know God. I want to know Him. I don't want to be ignorant. I want to have truth. I want to have revelation. I want to know the God that I serve. The God that I serve. They were greeted by the same doubt and unbelief, idle tales, nonsense. This is what happens without revelation. It seems like idle tales. Come on, that's why some people don't believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. They're idle tales because they don't have revelation. They don't know Jesus like we do. We, we can't... We can't forget how special and precious revelation really is. But we have to be careful. We have to be careful with those that aren't there yet. We have to be careful with those that don't have quite the understanding that we do. We may know a few more things than so and so. But they'll get there. As long as we can help them understand, you gotta be you gotta be looking for your breakthrough. You gotta be looking for it. You gotta get into the book and look for it. And it'll happen for you. The Lord will show up and he'll help you. He'll touch and change your 
life. Yes, the death of Jesus was tragic, but Jesus told them to not let it trouble them because this is the key to redemption. If I don't do this, you won't be redeemed. If I don't do this, there will be no saving you. Isn't there some other way? It's easy for us to get caught up with finding security in the tangible. And I believe that's what the disciples, I believe that's what they, they, they found. They found the security. And I believe part of the reason that Jesus always pointed to the Father. Because he knew that he was going to be departing. And oh, if they would, if they would find all their hope in me as a man, then they would not see me as a resurrected Savior. That's what they did. That's what they did. They placed their security in it was bright. Jesus, when you walked with us, things were bright. Things were looking good. Things were looking favorable. I was starting to feel a sense of confidence in myself I've never experienced before. But now it's dark because you're gone. If we leave Jesus on the cross, we have no hope. Second Corinthians 15 and verse 12. I'm coming to a close here. Sorry, chapter 15, verse 12. I don't know if I said that. Uh, 1 Corinthians, yeah. Chapter 15, 12. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. If there is no resurrection, it's all in vain. Everything that we do is all in vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he is raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. There's, there's no hope for anybody if Jesus stayed on the cross, if he, if he stayed in the tomb, there's no hope for any of us. He, if, he, if that third day wasn't a resurrection day.
If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all of all men most miserable. And in this moment, I can see the disciples, they were most miserable because they weren't thinking about the resurrection. They weren't thinking about the life after. They were thinking about what they've lost and the security that they had while walking with Jesus. Their hope in this moment was in this life because they didn't have a revelation. It's possible. Let's all stand. It's possible that we've heard things our whole life and yet we don't have revelation. I can quote things. I can study things. But without revelation, there is no understanding. 